Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. going on guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your friday night smackdown post show for december 2nd 2022 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your friday evenings wherever you may be i know jesse's got some raffle going on for a playstation 5 hopefully one of you guys Win a, uh, a PlayStation 5, man. Disked. The disc version is still very difficult to come by, man. But we will discuss that. Maybe he'll be in the chat a little bit later to go over who won. But I'm here to go over SmackDown and what I thought was a very, very... I, I don't want to say good. 
was all right. It was kind of a lame duck show. It felt like a lame duck show, but that doesn't mean it was a bad show. I just honestly think that WWE kind of skimped on a couple of things, knowing that they were on FS1 tonight because normally the rating is not where it needs to be. It's not anywhere close to where it needs to be for SmackDown when it's on FS1 as opposed to it being on Fox. Now, with that said, there were a couple of things I did like on this show, mainly the Kofi Kingston-Gunther match. I thought that was very good. Santos Escobar, I've been praising Santos Escobar since his days in NXT, man. I, I think Santos is absolutely fucking the guy. He is going to be something special if handled correctly on the main roster. Santos Escobar and Ricochet, who, I mean, let's be real. If you're not a fan of Ricochet, man, if you want to call Ricochet one of those grocery baggers, those flippy floppers, flippy flippers, Whatever you want to call him. You're a complete numbskull, blithering idiot. Ricochet is one of the best pro wrestlers on the fucking planet. Nobody does what Ricochet does. There's not, maybe Will Ospreay, that's about it. But nobody does what Ricochet does at his preciseness and his flawlessness. Ricochet is fucking amazing. Now, with that said, I want to talk about the return of Tegan Knox. We'll, we'll get into everything else in just a little bit. The big thing that happened tonight was Tegan Knox returning to WWE. Yet another uh, Tony Khan bag of tricks by Triple H. Another return to WWE. And I am a fan of Tegan Knox. I think Tegan Knox is great. I think Tegan Knox is a beautiful woman. I think Tegan Knox is a very good pro wrestler. Tegan Knox has been injury prone. But Tegan Knox was fired under Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon. Tegan Knox was brought up to the main roster to team with Shotzi Blackheart, who they had no plans for. They had no plans for these women. WWE made a mistake by bringing both of them up and pairing them together on SmackDown. It did not make any sense because let me take you back. Tegan Knox was a solo performer. In NXT. She was doing her thing. I believe at the time she was feuding with Candice LeRae, who now is on the main roster on Monday Night Raw. Shotzi Blackheart, her tag team partner, her legitimate tag team partner for months, was left down in NXT, and her name was Ember Moon, Athena. They were tag team champions. WWE did not want to call up Athena to the main roster and team her with Shotzi Blackheart. That would have made a lot more sense, but they ended up teaming Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox together, and it failed. Oh, but why are you so negative? I, I called it out. I said it was shit then. And then what happened? I was proven right again, as I always am. It did not make any sense. Shotzi still isn't where she needs to be. She's very mid. She's not very good. She hasn't been anything mem- in anything memorable since she's got called up to the main roster. And now Tegan Knox is back. Before anybody jumps down my throat about me being negative or me not, not, not liking anything or this and that and whatever other fucking narrative you want to throw out there, I've been very, very hopeful with Triple H taking over. I've been more positive than I have been negative. So let me tell you something. The fact that I've been more positive than I have been negative, that should tell you something. But when I'm negative now, it should hold a little bit more weight. 
Because when everything is good, you know it's good. But when everything is good, people don't want to hear the bad that comes along with it because they want to live in this fucking fantasy realm where there's sunshine and rainbows and fucking beautiful blondes skimpily running down the fucking uh, field of flowers in their bikinis. I don't give a shit. So when I talk about the good, which is most of it, and then I talk about the bad, the bad should hold weight, and you should listen to the bad because I rarely say anything bad about the fucking show. Now it's Triple H in charge, but I'm still very critical of what's going on. The debut of Tegan Knox or the return of Tegan Knox tonight fucking sucked. It sucked. I have nothing against Tegan Knox. I have nothing against her as a performer or a WWE superstar or a human being. I think she's great. Different hair color. Different look. I think she's great. I'm glad that Tegan Knox is back, okay? I want to get that out there. I'm glad she's back. Happy she's back. The return sucked. The return did nothing. The return mirrored all the other returns in WWE. The only return that had any fanfare to it was Braun Strowman. Maybe John, maybe, maybe, maybe Johnny Gargano, but Johnny Gargano is a fucking NXT black and gold legend. If you don't know Johnny Gargano, if you're watching the WWE product, I'm sure you heard the name float around out there when Triple H was in charge of the black and gold. Every other return has been met with less than spectacular fanfare. And why is that? Because everybody seems to think in this new administration, and this is where I'm going to really zing them, everybody thinks that in this new administration that their shit didn't stink in NXT. And that was great. I Listen, you ain't going to say anything bad about the black and gold era of NXT. They damn near did everything fucking perfect. Everything. That's the way the main roster should have been modeled. That's what you're getting now with Triple H in charge, but you've only seen the very tip of the iceberg. We're not even... Wait till we get to the Royal Rumble and we get really Triple H going and firing on all cylinders, okay? The black and gold was the black and gold. Everybody knew the black and gold. Everybody was in deep with the black and gold. We all knew who was coming out of that and we were all hopeful for their impending WWE main roster debuts. But when someone like that and everybody else that's been on the black and gold have been missing from the main roster for one reason or another, maybe they were free agent and they, and they, and they decided to walk because they didn't want to work for Vince, they didn't want to work for Bruce, or they got fired. You're going to bring them back to the company and then expect these people in Buffalo and the people at home, everybody but the fucking social media marks on Twitter, Those are the only people that know. And the fucking virgins who sit at their desks in front of their PCs with their bottles of lube and fucking tissues on Reddit, those are the only people that know who Tegan Knox is. That's it. His debut sucked. And why did it suck, J.D.? Why did it suck? Because the fans didn't know who the fuck she was. How the fuck can the fans know who she was when she was fired? How the fuck do the fans know who she is when she barely had a fucking chance to stand on her own two feet under Vince McMahon? She appeared, she wrestled what, three matches? Barely? And then was fired. She won a Mae Young Classic. 
But does anybody remember the Mae Young Classic in which Tegan Knox won the fucking tournament? No. Now, people like me and you won, uh, know that she won the, the Mae Young Classic. It's ridiculous. Nobody knows who she is. Me and him, the same thing. Candice LeRae, the same thing. Chelsea Green, when she comes in, the same fucking thing. I don't get it. Mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. You would think that somebody would get the fucking point. Normally, when a return like Tegan Knox happens, it's with a notable talent that has been on the shelf for an extended period of time, and they come back, and the fans know who the fuck they are. You did this with Tegan Knox tonight, and people were like, who? Another dumb broad with fucking colorful hair. Who is she? I'm sorry if the truth hurts you. I'm sorry if you're a Tegan Knox fanatic or a Tegan Knox fucking fan or stan or whatever the fuck people are calling these fucking geeks on social media. It sucked. It sucked. Candace LeRae should have been giving vignettes. Weeks, 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 weeks of vignettes. Tegan Knox, same thing. Mia Yim, same thing. They want to throw them out there in a sink or swim situation. And that's not going to work because all you're doing at that point is showing Vince exactly what he did, right? Was the right choice. Oh, they're not over. She got no reaction. Vince did right by firing her. Look at this fucking shit. That's all it does. Also, what it does is you're starting from behind the eight ball. You're done. It's going to be a very, very big... uh, Emma, the same thing. It's going to be a very, very big uphill battle. How long has been Emma? How long has Emma been out of the WWE? You expect people to fucking realize who Emma is or remember who Emma is? It seemingly happened with the women. All the ladies got brought in and shown the same showcase. Debut, 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 debut. And nobody fucking reacts. You should be giving us vignettes instead of throwing them into a fucking storyline. Establish who the fuck they are to the audience first and then find a spot for them in whatever is going on. But all you did tonight was show everybody how very mid Tegan Knox is. Now you're starting from way back and now she's got to prove herself to these people. And how long is that going to take? On top of that, You're feuding her with damaged goods is what I see people calling them now, and I'm going to fucking steal it. Damage control. You're feuding Tegan Knox with damage control, and you expect Tegan Knox to get over in a feud with damage control when basically everything that damage control has done has kind of sucked the life out of basically everything they've been a part of. I don't really get how this makes sense. The only thing that makes sense is Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, and we know their history. We know their history in NXT. These people don't know their fucking history in NXT. Michael Cole could fucking regurgitate that a thousand fucking times during the show. It doesn't matter. These people don't know. 
They're not going to go back and watch war games where, the, where, where Dakota Kai turns on Tegan Knox. They're not going to go back and watch the Mae Young Classic that Tegan Knox won or, or the Mae Young Classic in which Tegan Knox got herself injured in a match with Rhea Ripley. Nobody is going to go back and give a fuck about what happened to Tegan Knox. Yet I'm supposed to fucking sit here and listen to the lukewarm or barely existent reaction to Tegan Knox coming out. I mean, unless I'm full of shit, Please, please tell me, tell me when I am not speaking from the heart and telling the truth. Tell me when I am telling lies. Here's a little spoiler for you, folks. You can't. I've been watching this fucking product for way too long. I've been doing this shit, and I'm better than everybody, doing this shit for way too long. You're not going to get one over on me. You're not going to... Have me follow the fucking lemmings on social media. All because everybody, oh, Tegan Knox, and she's back, and she's, she's got new hair color. You fucking break, bro. Give me a fucking break. Please, please, somebody, somebody, reach into my DMs, man, they're open. Tell me when I am telling lies. And again, I must reiterate, I'm happy she's back. I'm glad to see her. I think she's going to be a good addition to a very, very fucking awful SmackDown women's division. But why do we care about Tegan Knox? Why do these people care about Tegan Knox? They don't. They don't. Sorry to tell you, folks. I think you need to hop off your fucking little cloud nine and start to uh, come back down to reality. If you don't like what you hear, go listen to somebody else fucking suck dick and tell you how great Tegan Knox's debut was to the fucking sound of seven fucking people knowing who she was. Not going to be me. Not going to be me ever. If it was good, I'd let you know. When it is good, I'll let you know. When it's bad, I'll let you know. Can't fault me. You come here to hear the fucking honesty of the product. That's what my job has been for all these years. You don't like it? Go take a walk. Santos Escobar and Ricochet. SmackDown World Cup. I hope this is a yearly thing. I thought this tournament was fantastic. They handled it great. TV tournaments handled like this are, are, are a thing of beauty. I love it. It was given the main event. It was given time to breathe. Tony Khan can learn a lesson about letting things fucking breathe on television before having something happen and then immediately, like fucking, like, like the flash, right to the next segment. Can I, can I take in the moment, please? Can I, can I take in the fucking moment? Something fucking great happened. Yeah, right back to Renee Young. Something great happened. Yeah, right back to fucking Ed Calvin, shilling 13 matches in 30 seconds. What a way to kill a fucking vibe, huh? Santos Escobar and Ricochet, man. I don't know what you want me to tell you, but I've been praising these two men for years, years. Absolutely a banger. A banger. This is the type of final that we need to see in a tournament. This is the type of match that we need to see that is on SmackDown on a weekly basis that will take one of these guys into contention for a secondary title. That's the type of shit that we want to see. 
I'm watching this match with eyes wide open, and I'm saying to myself, this is exactly what I had wanted all these years ago when Triple H took over the main roster. Ricochet and Santos Escobar is a personification of NXT Black and Gold. What you got tonight was a main event on SmackDown in the final of the SmackDown World Cup that embodied what would be on TakeOver, either in the main event or the opening match. That was an NXT TakeOver match that you got in the main event. Appreciate it. They don't come around all that often. Now, I expected Ricochet to win because I don't think Santos Escobar and Gunther is a good matchup. They're both heels. And I don't think that's a good matchup. Santos Escobar, with the, perform- with the performance that he put on tonight, he doesn't really take anything from here as bad. A loss is a loss. He lost in honor. He lost in a great match. He doesn't lose anything. He don't lose anything at all. Now, Ricochet, he beat Gunther, or he, uh, he beat Santos, rather, to go wrestle Gunther. He will not beat Gunther. This will be the third match in a string of matches that we've seen, two under Vince. And now one under Triple H, that will be another banger. Now, they had their first match, which was very good. The second match was a glorified fucking squash. I'm about to tell you right now, you can mark it down. You can uh, bookmark it. What you saw tonight in this match with Santos and Ricochet, you're going to get the same thing with Gunther and Ricochet in two weeks for the Intercontinental Championship. You, You will get... Another NXT TakeOver Classic in Ricochet and Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. If you didn't like that match, man, I'm going to need you to go back and rewatch some of what Triple H did in, ta- in NXT at TakeOver. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. And like I said, I hope the World Cup thing is a yearly thing. I think it's fantastic. It gives people like Santos, like Ricochet, like everybody that competed in this tournament a reason to get over and get their shit out there. It brings a sense of, I need to watch SmackDown this week. It gives the Intercontinental Championship something to look forward to at the end of the year. And if we get finals like that, if we get matches that come out of a tournament like that, why would anybody complain? Now we look forward to a possible return of the King of the Ring. And that's going to be on pay-per-view. You can imagine what the fucking matches are going to be like and feel like then. This was a great start. This was a great, hey, we're going to be doing tournaments like this throughout the year. Get used to it. King of the Ring is going to be one of the things that I look forward to most next year if they do end up bringing it back and placing it right in between WrestleMania and SummerSlam. This was a perfect foundation for what a King of the Ring tournament is could be, should be, and how important that is going to be for the entirety of the WWE calendar year. Excellent stuff. And Ricochet was the right winner. I don't want to hear anybody say Santos lost and now he's taking a step back or two. Give me a break. Ricochet was the right winner. Nobody's beating Gunther. And I think they're going to put on a tremendous match. And Santos is going to go on and do whatever he needs to do. Outside that, we will talk about everything that happened on this show. And we will talk about... The return of Eric Young, he was not on tonight's show, but he will be in the WWE imminently as he ended his impact. (laughs) Even Eric Young don't want to be with Impact, man. Eric Young, no longer with Impact Wrestling. He is now back under the wing of Papa H, and we will go over what that means for Eric Young and WWE going into the new year. 
I appreciate you guys joining me, man. We're a little slow tonight. It's Friday night. I mean, it is what it is. We're still number one, though. That's all that matters. You guys come here more so than anybody else, and that's all that matters. I got some news. I got some news. You guys know that we are partnered with Lucharillas, correct? We are partnered with Lucharillas, and we got this beautiful new design here. It's been available for two weeks. This is the last week. In fact, this is the last weekend. You guys have 48 hours to get your design. And I'm going to tell you to go out and get this today. Not only is it limited, not only is it exclusive and timed, it was all hand-drawn. And if you guys get your shirt today at LuchaRillas.com, all you have to do is go to LuchaRillas.com. You're going to go to the website. You're going to type in the search bar off the script. Shirt's going to pop up. Everybody that has already purchased this shirt and everybody that will buy this shirt in the next 48 hours, you will, you will get a signed T-shirt from Pentagon Jr., of the Lucha Brothers in AEW. There will be a raffle. You guys will have a chance to win one of these signed t-shirts from Pentagon Jr. And again, everybody that's already purchased is automatically entered. Everybody that will purchase will be entered into a raffle from Lucharillas to win this signed autographed t-shirt from Pentagon Jr. Go and get yours today. That is LuchaRillas.com. Awesome, awesome shit. Guys, I want to thank you for all the support on the podcast. We are nearing 139,000 subscribers, man. I don't know what the blow up in the subscriber count has been, but I'm assuming it has to do with a little TikTok here, YouTube shorts here. I've been on top of the contents. I got my boy Tyler helping me with the shorts. So if you guys have been enjoying the shorts, it's all Tyler, bro. He watches the show. He's a VIP. He does the shorts. He's a, he's a he's great at what he does. We get him up. We get him up. So I appreciate all the support. Go check out all the other content on the channel. There is an extra from this week. We are going to have a big, big live stream on Sunday night. I'm going to go over major Royal Rumble plans. What is going to happen with The Rock and WrestleMania? We got major news what the card is for the Royal Rumble. And we're going to talk about the William Regal situation because he is going to be back in the WWE, but why? And why this is a bad thing for AEW. So make sure you guys RSVP to the venue on Sunday night, man. Going to be a big show. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links are down in the description below. Hit that thumbs up. We got 1,400 people in here and only 411 likes. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. I need 1,000 minimum. Easy. There's no excuses. All you got to do is hit the thumbs up. You're here, you hit the thumbs up. It's very simple. If half of you hit the thumbs up, now we got 1,000. It's that simple. I would appreciate that very, very, very much. It helps me out, helps the channel out. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show with our cold beverages. Memberships are open. Always accepting applications into the VIP club. Hit that join button down below. Emotes, badges, you name it. VIP Sundays, VIP chats. It's going to be great. And my VIPs are going to be taking place 
They're going to be the deciding factor in the end of the year OTS Awards, the first annual. I'm getting that ready. So make sure you guys look on social media for all of that information soon to come. Got lots of cool stuff, man. So make sure you guys hit that join button down below. We're going to start at the top here, man. I want to talk about Eric Young. I want to talk about Eric Young coming back to the WWE. I'm sure that we will uh, talk about this as well on Sunday night. Triple H is bringing back Eric Young, who is expected to be back in the WWE imminently. PW Insider reported this week, although there's no word yet on what his role is or when he will start with the company, it could be anything. He could be back as an in-ring performer. He could be back in a training role, possibly at the PC. They could put him back down on NXT as one of the grizzled young veterans, right? No correlation to the old tag team under the same name, Grizzled Young Veterans, but they could bring him back as a veteran presence for NXT. The former two-time Impact World Champion and three-time Impact Tag Team Champion was written off television on Thursday's Impact on Axis, where he appeared to be killed. Yes, they killed Eric Young on the show by fellow Violent By Design member Diener in a vignette taped in a prison. They were fighting over a shiv when Young urged Diener to eliminate the sickness. The report noted the vignette was filmed in secret. In his first stint with the WWE in 2016 to 2020, Eric Young led the group that was widely popular in NXT known as Sanity. Capturing the tag team titles in the process, the group eventually broke once after being on the main roster and Young was demoted to mostly competing on main events. He was released as a result of budget cuts in April 2020. Young returned to Impact that same year, making a surprise appearance at Slammiversary and winning back the company's world championship a few months later. He created Violent by Design, the faction in Impact, which he led almost the whole time of his return to Impact. Now, I know a lot of people are going to sit here and tell me that Eric Young is a huge pickup or a decent pickup or a good pickup for WWE. I don't care regardless. I don't. This is going to fall in line with the same line of thinking that I had with Tegan Knox and Mia Yim and Candice LeRae and everybody else that's, and, and to Emma, you know, Tennille Dashwood. It's going to fall in line with the same line of thinking that I had for most of the returns to the WWE. Who is Eric Young to the main roster audience? Sanity had no impact on the main roster. None. None. They were dead in the water as soon as they stepped foot out of their fucking rental cars to go work on day one on Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard and and SmackDown. On their clock, dead. Who's going to know who Eric Young is? Nobody. What impact did Eric Young make? No pun intended. No. None. He made no impact. The only thing I would take when Eric Young inevitably returns to the company, if this is legit, and Mike Johnson's reporting it, so I don't doubt Mike Johnson at all, if Eric Young is back in the company, I don't give a shit about Eric Young being back on a Raw or back on a SmackDown. I don't. He will not be a difference maker. He will not matter. Now, I will tell you, I will tell you, if there's one thing that we've seen, and it's been a common theme throughout Triple H's run so far, 
He wants to make good on everything that Vince had killed. If you don't think this is strategic, if you don't think that Triple H is strategically bringing back these people for a reason, then you are out of the loop. This is all a revenge plot. This is like this is like fucking John Wick. Basically, Triple H is John Wick. That's what he's doing. Triple H is out for blood. You fucked him over. Man, you're fucking dead to rights, bro. See you later. It's basically what he is. Triple H is John Wick. Triple H is Keanu Reeves. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everything that Vince killed, everything that Vince destroyed, Triple H is going to come back and seek revenge for it. Look at everybody he has brought back. They were all fired for no reason. Sanity was destroyed before they even opened their eyes. Triple H is going to bring back Eric Young. Triple H already has Nikki Cross back to what she was. Insanity. Triple H is going to bring back Killian Dane. Triple H is going to bring back Alexander Wolfe, who was in Imperium while in NXT UK. No longer. Triple H is bringing back Sanity, and that is the only way that this will work. That's it. And when I tell you, and I make the comparison of Triple H being John Wick, that's exactly what he is. He is out for revenge. He is out to undo everything that has been done to him. And it's a great thing because Bruce is still there and Bruce knows what Vince did and Bruce is going to get a first-hand fucking look at what Triple H is doing to the main roster. Fixing everything that Vince destroyed. That is the only way Eric Young would make an impact because with Sanity as a threesome or a foursome back in WWE, with Nikki Cross, they'd be a great trio. They would fit right in with all the other trios that Triple H has now assembled on the main roster. Sounds like a great plan to me. Now that Eric Young, I could get behind. That Eric Young, I want to see back in WWE. That Eric Young, I want to be a fan of. The Eric Young that we got in uh, TNA. Don't give a fuck about Eric Young. I don't know what he did with Violent by Design. My upchuck was fucking violent. Watch an impact. Nobody gives a shit about Eric Young. You want Eric Young to make an impact? And I, let me reiterate. Nobody gives a shit about Eric Young solo. 
Eric Young's not winning championships in WWE. Eric Young's not going to be competing against Gunther for the Intercontinental title. He's not going to be competing for the United States title against Bobby Lashley. Eric Young leading sanity is the only grace, the only saving grace for that man's run again here. That's it. And if we don't get that, sorry to tell you, folks, Eric Young is not going to make a difference whatsoever. Right back to main event, you go. Right back down to NXT to teach the youngsters, you go. I don't want that for him. He's a talented guy. He's a great promo. He's a great wrestler. But Eric Young? Give me a break. Come on. Moving on. Let's get into SmackDown. Sammy Uso! Sammy Uso opened the show, and we love Sammy Uso. We really love Sammy Uso. He made his entrance, loud ovation. Zayn was with the Usos in Solo Sokoa. The four posed at the top of the ramp. Zayn, Uso, Sokoa entered the ring. We've seen a video recap of War Games. And Jay had the microphone in the middle of the ring. He said, the bloodline is in your city. We the ones, and everybody else is the twos. Zayn then took the microphone. He said the bloodline leveled up at Survivor Series. He said it was because of the longest-running tag team champions in WWE history. Jimmy cut Zayn off before he could say the rest of the sentence, and he said, no, 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 no. Come on, Oos. We're not doing this tonight. said that Zayn was his dog. Listen, dog. I'm not talking about road dog. Zayn was the man, and tonight is about him. He said that the crowd was chanting for Zayn, and they called him Sammy Uso. They were chanting Sammy Uso, and tonight Zayn is the MVP of the bloodline. So he said he doubted Zayn, did Jay? Jay was on the microphone now. He doubted Sammy Zayn for a long time, but when Sammy made the decision to stand with the family, he earned Jay's respect. Jay said they won because of Sammy. Jimmy asked Zayn how he was feeling. Crowd chanted, Usi. Sami Zayn then said, right now, he's feeling pretty freaking Usi, baby. Zayn and the Usos teased the secret handshake. Then Zayn did the handshake with both Jimmy and Jay Uso. Sami Zayn is on cloud nine. Sami Zayn is right now having a great string of bad luck, man. Really, really great string of bad luck. Seamus' music plays. He walks out with Butch and Ridge Holland. Seamus says he doesn't want to beat up a fellow ginger, but it's fight night, and it's time to go. Seamus entered the ring. The bell rang, and we got Sami Zayn and Seamus to start SmackDown unadvertised. And I tell you this right now. Anything with Seamus is going to be a banger, number one. Sami Zayn, hottest thing in all pro wrestling right now is Sami Zayn in this bloodline story. That's number two. An unadvertised match with Sami Zayn coming out of War Games and being the first thing featured on the show. Excellent call. So the open to this show, unadvertised, and we're seeing Sami, and we're seeing him continue that momentum. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. That's exactly what I like to see. We got this match. This was a very good match. It wasn't uh, like a blow away. Oh, my God. You got to go and watch it. This was a great opening match. Great opening match between these two. So Zayn and Sheamus, 
They wrestled in front of a hot crowd. The crowd was really into this. At one point, I was like, is this, is this going to work out? Sheamus is a baby face. Sheamus is hot himself, right? Sami Zayn's a baby face, kind of in the bloodline. Baby face right now, Sami Zayn. Everybody loves Sami. Uh, by that, it's two baby faces in the ring. Theoretically, it's two baby faces. It's going to create some indifference there from the crowd. Luckily, they were really hot for Sami down the stretch. Nothing negative to Sheamus. They were, they were into both guys, which I was happy to see, man. I, I didn't want to see, you know, the crowd kind of go against one and cheer for the other. They were very 50-50 split, so I'm happy to see that. They went nearly 20 minutes. Sheamus took over early on, and he knocked Sammy down with a hard clothesline, sent him out to the outside, did Sammy. He went after Zayn, whipped him hard into the barricade. Usos caused a distraction, allowing Sammy Zayn to hit a DDT. Sheamus tried fighting back. Zayn fired up with a dropkick. Slowed the pace down with a, you guessed it, man. What does WWE do to slow matches down? The chin lock every single time. Sheamus tried to break free of chin lock. Zayn hit a tornado DDT. Crowd was chanting, Sammy Uso. Zayn went for the 10 beats. Sammy tried to do the 10 beats on Sheamus. Sheamus immediately broke free. He hit a tilt-a-whirl DDT, or not, not a DDT, tilt-a-whirl slam. Sheamus went for the beats himself, which is his move. Sammy Zayn escaped, thankfully. Zayn recovered, went for a flying crossbody. Sheamus was there waiting. Big mid-air knee. And that was followed by an Irish curse backbreaker. Cloverleaf submission. Zayn made it to the ropes. He regained control. He sent Sheamus to ringside. He hit a big dive over the top rope, took Sheamus out along with him. Usos and the fans were cheering on Sammy now on the outside. Sheamus took over once again, set up for white noise off the top rope. Zayn countered white noise into a sunset flip powerbomb for a near fall. Zayn went for the Huluva kick, but Sheamus hit white noise instead in a counter for a two count. Fans broke into a loud Sammy chant. Sheamus was setting up for the bro kick. Jimmy on the outside caused a distraction. Sheamus recovered, hit the 10 beats to a very mixed reaction on Sammy. Usos interfered. He, he hit it 20 times, by the way, 20 times on Sammy. It's the 10 beats, but he did double. So the Usos interfered, caught Sammy with a super kick. This allowed Zayn to hit the blue thunder bomb for a two count. Always looks so pretty, that blue thunder bomb. I, I, I'm still in the camp of that should be Sami Zayn's finishing move, and the Huluva kick should be the setup move. That's just me. Rich Holland and Butch jumped the Usos, kicking off a big brawl on the outside. Sheamus avoided the Huluva kick with a knee to the face. Jimmy caused another distraction as Sheamus went for an Alabama slam. Jay jumped into the ring, hit a super kick on Sheamus while he was holding Sammy in an Alabama slam. This allowed Zayn to roll behind Sheamus, roll him up for the one, two, three, and that was it. Good stuff. I mean, this was good stuff. You really can't get any better than that. And I always love seeing Sheamus in the ring. Sami Zayn, like I said, the momentum that he had coming out of war games, you know, they, they followed into that on Monday Night Raw with the breakup of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They are no longer friends. That's going to play into a longer storyline down the road. And then SmackDown started SmackDown off. Roman Reigns wasn't there. He continued that momentum with a win over, over Sheamus. The bloodline seems to be a family unit. They seem to be... Right now, thriving and running on all cylinders. This is good stuff. Good stuff. 
They are at their highest right now, man. They are absolutely oozy right now. But they're not going to be oozy for long. Because when we get closer to the Royal Rumble and we go through the holidays, get into business during WrestleMania season, that oozy feeling is not going to be feeling too oozy. I don't know what we do. I don't know how we get there. I don't know what he does to piss Roman off, Sami Zayn. But it's coming. And let you know, man, every week it is coming. And we are going to be like grown men, crying, tears, emotional. Sami Zayn is going to get the beating of a lifetime. Megan Morant spoke with Kofi Kingston. She was in the back with Kofi. And she welcomed Kofi Kingston. Kingston said he's the first superstar to declare himself for the Royal Rumble. So Kofi Kingston is the first guy to enter himself in the Royal Rumble. So Megan then asked Kingston who he thought was going to win the SmackDown World Cup. He put over both Santos Escobar and Ricochet. Imperium came out of nowhere. Ludwig Kaiser said that the New Day spends more time online than in a wrestling ring. Kingston said that Woods isn't here, so he can have a singles match against any one of them tonight. All of a sudden, Gunther appears, and Gunther accepting Kingston's challenge tonight. Imperium walked off smiling, knowing that, <laughs> you're going to get your ass kicked by the Intercontinental Champion, man. Yeah, you thought you were fighting us, but you're fighting that guy over there. It's not me. It's not, it's not Fabian. It's not uh, Marcel. It's, uh, it's Gunther, man. You're fucked. You're fucked. That's basically what happened. So Kingston asked Gunther where he was hiding. He was hiding on the sidelines the whole time. Kingston said, don't worry. I'll see you out there. So Kofi Kingston is going to be in the Royal Rumble. And I'll tell you this right now. I'm going to tell you this right now, man. You may, you may be a Kofi Kingston mark. Kofi Kingston has absolutely zero chance of winning the Royal Rumble. So Kofi Kingston announced himself for the Royal Rumble. And Kofi Kingston is not the guy who will be winning the Royal Rumble. And before I move on here, man, we are going to have to. Matt, the PW fan with a $100 bomb. I know I'm late. I know I'm late. But Matt, thank you so much, brother. First of all, congratulations on Patrick Palmer. For winning the PlayStation 5 sweepstakes over on Jesse's channel, I was wondering if you plan on streaming the new Callisto Protocol or even Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII on your other channel. You know, Matt, that's a very good question, bro. I was watching uh, a couple of people. I was watching Doc stream Callisto Protocol. It looks, it looks good. It does. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to be worth the 60 or $70, being that it's a 10-hour campaign or something like that. But um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe one of these days I'll wake up and say, you know what? I want something new to play. Modern Warfare 2 is pissing me the fuck off. So let's jump into some Kalisto protocol. So there you go. Maybe. No promises. But thank you for the $100 Super Chat, Matt. I appreciate you, brother. And thank you for being in the venue tonight for the SmackDown Post Show. So, we move on from Kofi and Gunther to Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt is in the back. Creepy music is playing. We got no LA night tonight. And 
Did Rage, did Rage win the PlayStation 5? Patrick gave it to Rage. Get the fuck out of here, man. Holy shit. That deserves a fucking round of applause right there. Patrick gave the PlayStation 5 to Rage? Rage, you lucky son of a bitch. I'm coming over. That is fucking incredible, man. Holy shit. See, we got good people here, man. A lot of people. A lot of people don't know what we do here, bro. We got a nice family unit over here. We got the best fucking fans in the entire community, man. Give me a break. Oh, these fans are toxic. They spread negativity. We just had somebody win a fucking PlayStation 5 and give it to somebody else. Ridiculous. He didn't need to do that. Congratulations, Rage. Bray Wyatt. Creepy music is playing. There's no uh, L.A. Night on this show. No L.A. Night anywhere tonight. Bray Wyatt said we're spoiled. He said everybody has technology and manners today. Do we? Has Bray been on social media? Nobody has any manners. It's a fucking free-for-all. He said that once upon a time, we were all just animals. He said snakes still eat rats. Wyatt said no one looks at this as violence. He said it's just animals. He said one must die so the other can survive. He said no one talks about it. Wyatt said he didn't want to acknowledge those things as we all just want to live our lives. I didn't want to hurt L.A. Knight, says Bray. They showed images of L.A. Knight and the attacks. Wyatt said he heard you and how you rejoiced. He said it was primal. Wyatt said if it had been him, which he denied, he said, I didn't attack L.A. Knight. Now, if it had been me, he said that L.A. Knight would be torn limb from limb and there'd be nothing left. Now, if Bray Wyatt didn't attack L.A. Knight, who the fuck attacked L.A. Knight? I don't know. How many of you people are still following along with this Bray Wyatt storyline? I, I looked at Bray Wyatt tonight, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the, that's the Bray we need to see, man. He was a little, he sounded a little more like his Eater of Worlds Bray tonight, and that, to me, is a good sign that we're kind of going to go back to a, a normal Bray Wyatt that we are familiar with. None of this fucking costumey shit and all this fucking cartoonish shit. I like that. I like this version of Bray. This sinister version of Bray, that hidden anger. I, I just like that demeanor he carries, where he speaks the way he did tonight, but it's kind of, you, you just see the anger waiting to come out. He's very visceral with his words. He's very direct. He's pacing back and forth like a fucking schizo. But eventually, I will say this, man. We're going to need to see Bray in the ring. We're going to need to see Bray in the ring. And if the rumors are to be believed... There will be a pitch black match at Royal Rumble, which WWE could be setting up for Bray Wyatt's first match. And nobody knows what this match is. According to rumors, it will be a match, or at least it's being planned or there's been discussion of it. There's going to be a pitch black match at the Royal Rumble between Bray Wyatt and LA Knight. Nobody knows what the fuck it means. Nobody knows what the match is going to entail. Nobody knows if Bray's going to wrestle before then, if that's going to be his first match. I mean, we got all of January and all of December to still worry about. 
So Bray Wyatt's not going to wrestle for, he came back in October, all of October, November, December, and then all of Jan- four months. I mean, Bray's got to be fucking living on cloud nine, man. He comes back to the WWE. He's been in the company for four months by the time the Royal Rumble rolls around, and he hasn't wrestled one fucking match. I think we need to get Bray in the ring. I think we need to get Bray Wyatt in a wrestling ring. Stat. Seriously. Now, I'm interested in the Bray Wyatt LA Knight feud. I think it's unpredictable. Nobody had that on their fucking wrestling cards at uh, the time of Bray Wyatt's return to the company. Nobody even thought we'd be seeing LA Knight in WWE. But I'm excited for it. But I will say this, and I said this on the extra in which we talked about it earlier this week on Tuesday. I don't think Bray Wyatt needs gimmick matches. I don't. I think a pitch black match is going back to basically doing the same thing that we did with the first Bray Wyatt failure, which was The Fiend. Now, you could sit there and tell me that Bray Wyatt had merchandise sales out the ass and blah, 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 blah. I don't give a fuck about merchandise sales. I'm not here to talk about fucking merchandise sales. I don't give a fuck how many masks he sold. I don't give a shit how many kids on your block wore the Fiend mask for Halloween night. I don't give a shit. I care about what happens on television. I care about how the man was booked creatively. And how he was booked creatively from the word go was a disaster. Gimmick matches, red lighting, fucking puppets, and all this other shit. I said this on Tuesday. Pitch black match, get rid of it. Get rid of it. The best Bray Wyatt is a stripped-down version of Bray Wyatt, a very simplistic version of Bray Wyatt where there's no bells and whistles, there's no red lighting, there's no fucking uh, this and that, all the extra fucking bullshit that they want to add to the character. Don't care. Pitch black match, whatever the match, it may, it may end up being a lights-out match for all the fuck we know. No DQ, unsanctioned, it may be their new... I don't listen. I, if it's anything like a fucking funhouse match... I think we're fucking screwed. Now, for all we know, this could be Bray's idea. But I don't think that's a good venturing. I don't think we need to venture down that road for Bray Wyatt. We've been there, done that. Let's get back to a stripped-down, simplistic version of Bray Wyatt because I believe when he is at his core, basic, he's best. When he's out there as him, the way we've seen him, he's best. All these extra bells and whistles does nothing for this viewer. Shayna Baszler, she's got a one-on-one match with Emma. Emma was in the back, stretching and getting ready to go out there. Madcap Moss approached her. They're a real-life couple, couple, by the way, folks. Be jealous. Be jealous of my boy Madcap. He asked if Emma was all right. Emma said that five years is a long time to be gone, and a lot has changed around here. Yeah, Vince is not there. Moss said that Emma shouldn't forget who she is as she is a trailblazer for the women's evolution. Moss said that Emma started the women's revolution. He said that Emma is here and she's got this. Emma called Madcap Riddick. Maybe that's a little Easter egg for him to go back to his fucking real name. Kissed him on the cheek and then she walked through the curtain to make her entrance. Shayna Baszler's in the ring, and no Ronda Rousey. No Ronda Rousey. Ronda was not there. I believe they said she was on vacation somewhere. Good. 
hope you end up like Tom Hanks and don't come back. Even though he did end up coming back in the movie, I hope it's the opposite for Ronda Rousey. Fire Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey was not there tonight, so we didn't have to deal with Ronda Ronda was gone. So no Ronda tonight. Fire Ronda Rousey. I think they kept her off TV because they knew the backlash that Ronda would get on social media. They're going to let the uh, geeks kind of uh, simmer down online. So no Ronda tonight because I'm sure they wanted to fan the flames of the fire Ronda Rousey hashtag. Not like she would bring any interest to the show anyway. I don't think anybody's complaining that she's gone or wasn't there tonight, but we got Shayna Baszler against Emma. Shayna wins in about five minutes. I don't know what it is. Uh, Listen, man, you know, the women on this show, they are not. Something's missing. Something is really missing. Uh, I think we need to go back to the basics here with the women. First of all, let's go back and talk about Emma. Emma is now out there on the SmackDown roster, and nobody still to this day knows who the fuck she is. This is a product of Emma showing up to answer an open challenge to lose in her in her return match to Ronda. <laughs> she returned to wrestle Ronda Rousey. Nobody knows who she is. And She got that same reaction here tonight. Nobody cares. Barely, barely, barely any reaction. She's in the ring with Shayna Baszler. Offense looks weak. Nothing looks impactful. Everybody just feels like they're going through the motions. Why are these women out there? You know what I learned tonight? You know what I saw tonight? I saw two women who I think are great. I'm a huge Shayna Baszler fan. I've been a Shayna Baszler fan since she fucking ran... Ran that division into the ground in NXT, man. She was killing everybody left and right. It was a beautiful thing to see. Emma. Emma has been largely a very good in-ring talent. But why do I watch? Why when I watch wrestling on SmackDown in the women's division, why do I see women out there wrestling for four minutes not wanting to be there? It's almost as if they are all going through the motions and they're wrestling as if they don't give a fuck. That's what I get. That's the vibe I get when we get thrown out there with these ladies. It's not good. It's not good at all. So I don't know what we're going to do to fix this. Emma's offense looked weak. Shayna Baszler looked weak. There's no oomph. There's no impact. I mean, what are we doing? If there's one thing I hate, it's a fucking prissy wrestling match with the ladies. Oh, don't fuck with my hair. Oh, don't pull out my eyelids. Don't don't pull out my weave and my hair extensions. Let me throw a couple of slaps. They're throwing slaps around like fucking Sonny Kiss does. The fuck are we doing? It's not a good look. And this is a direct product, as far as Emma is concerned, for her being thrown out there. Nobody knows who she is. You think these fans are going to remember eight years ago? They don't remember what happened two weeks ago. Fucking shit. It's just weak. 
The division sucks. I don't want to sit here and tell you it sucks, but it sucks. Emma scored some near falls early. Basil recovered, targeted Emma's arm. Emma took it to Basil with some forearm shots. Hanging neck breaker off the middle rope. Baszler missed a knee in the corner. Emma locked on a tarantula submission hold. Finish came when Baszler knocked Emma off the top rope. Locked on the Kirafuda clutch for the one, two, three. That was it. After the match was over, we got the most interesting part of the entire thing. Baszler attacked Emma's arm. Baszler set up Emma for the arm stomp. Shotzi's music played. She ran down the ramp. Shotzi attacked Baszler, but Baszler sidestepped and took Shotzi down with a big knee. Baszler went after the arm of Shotzi. Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. She's out there with an arm. One arm Rodriguez, right? And she ain't smiling with one arm, right? So she's out there with one arm. Emma recovered and stood with Rodriguez. And Baszler stared Rodriguez down, then left the ring. Baszler walked around in the ring, in the ring, and said, It took three of you to get rid of me. So Baszler looked like a beast. Baszler looked like she was beating Shotzi down. She beat Emma down. And just Shayna looks like a savage, man. She knows. She knows she can't beat three women standing in the ring, even though she took two of them out, right? So there you go. I mean, what what does it matter? It certainly looks like they're setting. It certainly looks like they're setting Raquel. (laughs) Rodriguez to uh, wrestle Ronda Rousey at the Royal Rumble. It certainly looks like to me. How long this is going to go on for, I don't know. Will you be interested in that point? Or at that point with Ronda and uh, (laughs) Raquel? No, probably not. Is Ronda going to lose the title before we get to WrestleMania? Probably not. I'm banking on that. So what good is this? Who cares? Kofi Kingston. He made his way out to the ring. He wrestled Gunther with Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Love Imperium. Had a decent little match here, man. Decent little match. Went about 12 minutes. It was a, there was one hell of a near fall in this thing. One hell of a near fall to a point where I thought that they were going to pin Gunther tonight. And I'm like, oh, no. Holy shit, I'm glad that didn't happen. Kingston was on the attack early here. Gunther, he basically took over the match early on. Rock Kingston with an uppercut. Kingston tried fighting back. Gunther with shots to the kidneys. Those big overhand shots. In the corner. Oh. Gunther absorbed some shots from, Co- from Kofi. He, he replied back with a vicious knife edge shot. Kingston starts to recover. Sent Gunther to ringside. He went for a dive, but Imperium tripped him up. Gunther destroyed Kingston with a big boot to the face. Set up for his powerbomb. Braun Strowman. Hee-hee! The Dummy Express is out there. 
he didn't run out there. He kind of took his time out there. Took his time getting into the station, did Braun Strowman. He's out there. He beat down Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser. Gunther watched from ringside. He tried to refocus. He didn't run away, thank Christ. Now, tonight he didn't run away. He tried to uh, refocus himself. Kingston escaped the powerbomb. And this is where I thought they had him beat, man. Kofi gave him an SOS. And I thought he had pinned the Intercontinental Champion off the Braun Strowman distraction. Like, oh, my goodness. Thank God that wasn't the case. So they got a commercial break. Gunther's on the outside. He rolls to the outside. We get back from break. Gunther at Kingston in a sleeper hold. Kingston broke free with another near fall. He did a boom drop. Gunther avoided the trouble in paradise, hit a German suplex on Kofi. Kingston landed on his feet, hit a top rope frog splash, another close two count. Kingston went for a crossbody. Gunther rocked him with a huge chop. Gunther then locked on a Boston Crab, switched into the STF. Kingston made it to the ropes to break the hold. Gunther caught Kingston with a huge shotgun dropkick, powerbomb. Kingston still tried to fight back after all this, but... Gunther hit a one-arm power slam, which he's calling the last symphony for the one, two, three. How many finishes does Gunther have? First, it was the big boot, wasn't it? Now it's the power bomb, and now now the latest finishing move is this one-arm power slam, the last symphony. What is he trying to updo upstage, Braun Strowman with the power slam? Why do we need to add so many finishing moves to Gunther's repertoire? And he's a man of honor. He's a man of class. He's a fucking great wrestler. How many finishing moves does he need? I don't know. He got him. He got him, though. Gunther wins one, two, three. And that was it. That was basically all she wrote for Kofi Kingston. But listen, man, a New Day versus Imperium tag team match, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Looks like we're getting Gunther versus Braun Strowman for the Intercontinental title at some point in 2023 more than likely at the Royal Rumble. I think that would be a great start to Gunther's 2023. Get him hot, feed him. Guys like Strowman, feed him some notable guys. Get him in there, get him to WrestleMania, get Sheamus in that match, and then we drop the title and Gunther can move on to be a world title contender. I think that is the proper way to go about things for Gunther. In the back, The Bloodline, they are standing in front of their locker room. And Zayn is there with them. He says he's got a good late night spot for some food. Zayn started to walk up, but Jimmy told Zayn, listen, take Solo Sokoa with you to the parking lot. Sammy Zayn said, why? It's like, you've been making some enemies around here pretty quickly. Let Solo do his job. So Jay and Jimmy were left alone. Jimmy said they couldn't believe Jay was okay with uh, Sammy Zayn. Jimmy asked if... Jay got to talk to Sammy about Zayn lying right to his face. Jay says, what Big Oos said to me was not to worry about it. He saw what he needed to in the eyes of Sammy Zayn at, at Survivor Series, and that was it. We're just going to leave it at that. Sheamus then all of a sudden comes in with a uh, shillelagh and beats down both Jimmy and Jay Uso. Sheamus walked off as the Usos were uh, on the ground selling this brutal attack by Sheamus. And he said that he and McIntyre will be seeing them, obviously, with another banger after banger after banger after banger. So it looks like after the Usos are done with 
the ridiculous tag team of Elias and Matt Riddle, we may be getting Sheamus and, and Drew McIntyre against the Usos. So I could see that taking place also as we get closer to the Royal Rumble. Damage control or <laughs> damaged goods. They made their entrance. Bailey is in the ring. She yelled at a fan and told him to sit down. You fucking geek. Sit down. She says they don't want to be here. I don't think, I don't think any of us want them to be here. Maybe Bailey, but the others, I don't know. Bailey said that they were there because Michael Cole missed them. Bailey then said that SmackDown needed ratings, so they needed damage control. I don't think damage control or anybody, for this matter, is going to help the ratings on FS1. She says they were in war games less than a week ago. She says they combined for over 93 minutes in the match. She said it had an impact on their bodies. Bailey said the dummies in the crowd cheered for Becky Lynch when she won. The crowd chanted for Becky. Bailey said she's not there. She said then that nobody in the back had the guts to step up. Bailey said it disappointed her. She said damage control is the role model for SmackDown. All of a sudden, Liv Morgan's music played, and she came to the stage. She said that Bailey has a problem with the SmackDown women's division. I don't think Bailey has a problem. I think everybody's got a problem with the SmackDown women's division. I mean, just take a fucking look at it. Morgan counted damage control, and she said it seems fair. Morgan then charged the race. She said it seemed fair. Three-on-one seemed fair to Liv Morgan. So they're really trying to sell Liv Morgan as a fucking crazy lunatic. Not really working in my eyes. Morgan charged the ring, tossed EO and Dakota down. Morgan entered the ring and took down Bailey as well. Morgan punched at Bailey, damage control recovered, and then we got a three-on-one attack on Liv. Suddenly, Tegan Knox runs down the ramp. Michael Cole and Wade Barrett were selling this big time like it was the fucking biggest return of the year. Knox hit the ring, even the odds somewhat. Damage control recovered and took advantage and took her out. Morgan then brought kendo sticks into the ring and attacked damage control. She broke the stick over Bailey. Knox hit the shiniest wizard. Not sure if you guys know what that is. How many people in the fucking chat know what the shiniest wizard is? How many people in the venue there uh, tonight at SmackDown know what uh, Tegan Knox's finishing move is? The shiniest wizard. Probably zero. So she hit she hit the shiniest wizard on Bailey. Morgan and Knox stood tall. Bailey shouted at them from the outside. And we get another return for SmackDown and for WWE. Now, we need depth on the women's side. I get that. Tegan Knox adds depth to the women's division. But how much depth does it really add if nobody knows who the fuck she is? How valuable is Tegan Knox going to be if nobody really gives a shit to see, to see Tegan Knox? I'm sorry, folks. If you guys want my opinion on this, just go back to the beginning of the show where I absolutely ripped this return to shreds for not making any fucking sense and being void of all interest. You know, it's one thing to send somebody out there in this type of return to save another comrade or another colleague on the show. At that point, they'd have to be somebody that's been missing for a long time due to an injury or some other sabbatical or a hiatus. They have to be a well-known superstar. 
Triple H and, and management sending fucking Tegan Knox out there as if this is the return of Randy Orton. She's not going to get the reaction that Randy Orton's going to get. She's not Randy Orton. The fuck are we doing? If you want to feud her with Tegan, if you want to feud Tegan Knox with Damage Control and pair her with Liv Morgan, fine. But let's get her established on the fucking show first. Now she's got some weird, bizarre, uphill battle to fucking go out there and overcome. And how many times are we going to have to see Tegan Knox out there for the fans to really get and care who she is? Do they care about Emma? Do they care about Candice LeRae, who's wrestled in silence ever since she's been there? What about Mia Yim? The only time Mia Yim got any reaction was when she body slammed Finn Balor on Monday Night Raw. Because that's a cheap pop. That's, a, that's an easy reaction. A female body slamming a male on Monday Night Raw. Great. How often do we see that? Shit sucks. Lame. No thought. Execution was terrible. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Somebody's going to spin this and twist the narrative that I'm a womanizer and I'm a sexist and I hate everything. I just got done saying, I think Tegan Knox is fucking great. I'm happy she's back. It adds depth. The right depth? Probably not, but it adds depth to the SmackDown women's division. But at the end of the day, how many people are going to fucking care? Nobody. Absolutely nobody. Karrion Cross was in the back. He said, others struggle with reality, and it puts them in places they don't want to be. He said he had to show Drew McIntyre and teach Madcap Moss that you can't walk against the wind. He says it's time to take someone else into the eye of the storm. A tarot card was shown on screen and showed Ray Mysterio. Cross then says, TikTok. Could be a good match. I like it. I mean, we can't boo Karrion Cross. We can't really be disinterested in Karrion Cross if he's in the ring with fucking Rey Mysterio now, can we? I like it. Those are the types of guys that he needs to be in the ring with. That's a great feud. Uncle Howdy. He appeared on the big screen. He asked about the man next door. He says he knows how he thinks and how he feels. He says it's all fiction. Uncle Howdy said to trust him and to revel in what you are. Very basic stuff. No QR codes, no hidden messages, no Easter eggs. Just very basic stuff from Bray Wyatt tonight. No LA night. Straight to the point promo. Uncle Howdy didn't really do anything outlandish or didn't really have the uh, IWC fucking investigative sleuths out there chasing mysterious codes all over the web. Very simple. Why? They were on FS1. Nobody's watching. Zelina Vega was on commentary tonight. What Zelina was wearing tonight was probably the best thing on SmackDown. In that backstage vignette with, uh, you know, those other gentlemen that were there. Because everybody was fucking with their jaws on the floor with what Zelina was wearing. She was out there on commentary. Santos Escobar. Zelina, Cruz del Toro, and Joaquin Wilde were outside against Ricochet. This was the World Cup final. This was awesome. 
This was by far and away the e- easily the, the best thing on the show. So we got 22 minutes. These guys were given 22 minutes in the main event. And with a tear in my eye, we got one banger of a main event. Fantastic. I love this entire tournament. This was the right outcome. This was the right final. This was basically Prince Puma and King Cuerno of Lucha Underground. You don't think Triple H did this one by design? Oh, yeah. Ricochet overcame Legato and the interference in a suicide dive for an early advantage. He went for a springboard. Wild got involved already, pushed him off. Referee caught Wild and Del Toro interfering, kicked them out. Zelina, who was on commentary, she jumped on the apron while all this was happening, berating the referee. She got kicked out. And I'm like, thank you. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Get the fuck out of here. I complained last week. I complained the week before that and the week before that. We do not need interference in every fucking match leading to an outcome that gives Santos a cheap victory. So when Santos wrestled this match on his own, I'm like, we're going to get a great match and we're going to get a clean fucking outcome. That's it. That's all I wanted. He doesn't need to cheat to win every fucking time. Now, I want you guys to get used to it because I'm going to keep mentioning it every time it comes up. A lot of you may think, oh, well, he had nobody out there and he lost. Does that make him look weak? No. No, it does not. But the more it happens, it will make him look weak. We need to break this vicious cycle. Interference, 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 interference every week. So when he loses, the more it happens, of course he's going to look weak. We need to dead that now. We need to dead that situation now. He doesn't need Zelina. He doesn't need his cronies every week to win. Santos is one of the best fucking wrestlers on that roster. He doesn't need to cheat to win on any night. So they all got kicked out. Fans are chanting USA, USA, USA. We go to commercial break. Ricochet ran wild, head scissors, running dropkick in the corner. Escobar sent Ricochet to ringside. Hit a suicide dive, sending him to the announce table. That looked fucking great. What impact on that. Escobar then slowed the pace down a little bit, taking Ricochet out of his element, plot of Boston Crab, and Ricochet got the better of Escobar while fighting back. Fighting on the apron, did they? Standing on the apron, Ricochet rocked Escobar with a super kick. Followed up with a shooting star press off the apron to Escobar. Ricochet and Escobar fought on the top rope. Ricochet recovered, hit a superplex. After that, they traded spots, or shots, I should say. They both hit the ropes and collided in midair, double down. Ricochet ran on Escobar ringside. Jumped off the ring steps. Escobar moved. Ricochet landed on his feet while balancing himself on the barricade. Escobar jumped up there and balanced himself on the barricade. They're both standing on the barricade now on the outside by the commentary table. Escobar jumped up, caught Ricochet in a hurricanrana off the barricade to the concrete below. Big reaction there. Escobar and Ricochet fought on the top rope. Escobar went for another hurricanrana. Ricochet landed on his feet to an absolutely crazy reaction. This was very NXT-esque. This was basically the spot, just different. 
that he did with Velveteen Dream. If you guys remember when Velveteen Dream, that fabled night where Velveteen Dream and Ricochet had their feud started and Velveteen Dream was walking up the ramp and Ricochet, you know, he dared Ricochet to do something that he couldn't do. I, my guy, just bringing me back, man. God, do I fucking miss NXT. Velveteen Dream dared Ricochet to do something that he could not do. So he walked up the ramp. He said, I thought so, right? I knew you couldn't do anything I couldn't do. I could do anything you could do, I could do. So Ricochet jumped out of the ring, ran, jumped out of the ring, did a fucking flip, landed on his feet, walked up the goddamn ramp like he's fucking some mafia boss and walked up to Velveteen Dream. Let me see you do that. Basically what he did here. Flipped in midair out of the Hurricane from Escobar, landed on his feet. Fucking incredible. Absolutely fucking incredible. So, he got a huge reaction. He took it to Escobar with a knee, Northern Light suplex, brain buster. Ricochet followed with a springboard moonsault off the middle rope, near fall. He went for the 450. Escobar got the knees up, scored a close near fall off that. Escobar went for the phantom driver. Ricochet reversed it into a pin for a near fall. Finish was crazy. Ricochet hit a poison rhino off the top rope. Followed up with a jumping knee. Super kick. Kick to the head. 6.30. And the crowd went crazy. One, two, three. Fucking great match. Great match. Maybe one of the best SmackDown matches all year. Ricochet wins the SmackDown World Cup with the 6.30. And he wins the big trophy. He walked up the ramp. Grabbed the trophy. Pyro went off. Gunther's music hit. He walks out with the Intercontinental Championship. They had to stare down. At the end of the show. Two weeks, Gunther versus Ricochet will happen for the Intercontinental title. Awesome. Awesome. Next week, Kurt Angle returns to celebrate his birthday in Pittsburgh, plus Shotzi takes on Shayna Baszler with Ronda Rousey and Raquel Rodriguez at ringside. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. And uh, the Usos will battle against Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. In two weeks, like I said, Gunther will defend the Intercontinental Championship against Rick O'Shea on SmackDown. Like I said, excellent stuff in some aspects of the show. And other than that, it was a very, I would say, very middle-of-the-road show. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It had some good stuff on it. That main event fucking was uh, the reason it was a thumbs-up show. No question. Guys, that is all I got for you. That is all I got for you. We're going to hit the Super Chats in just a little bit. But I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me tonight. 1700 in the venue. I'm going to need you guys to hit that thumbs up, man. 640 likes. Hit the thumbs up. I need 1,000 likes minimum. If you enjoyed the post show tonight, if you enjoyed anything I had to say here, hit that thumbs up. If half of you hit the thumbs up, we would be at our goal of 1,000. So make sure you guys go and do that. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships, get them on in. I'm always accepting applications to the VIP club. we got three new members tonight. Thank you guys very much. Tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, it's getting colder out there, but that doesn't mean the heat in the bedroom needs to go away and get as cold as it is outside. Blue Chew. His sponsor of tonight's show, and Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. You can even plan ahead. Be ready whenever that opportunity arises. The process is very simple. 
Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their online medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. And BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped direct to you in a very discreet package. And like I said, guys, first impressions. We will see the biggest first impression probably of the last 10 years, 15 years, when Triple H embarks on his first WrestleMania season, starting with the Royal Rumble, man. You don't think you're going to be excited for what's to come after this Royal Rumble in 2023? That's how you're going to feel after you use Blue Chew, man. That's how your partner's going to feel after you use Blue Chew. Make a great first impression and keep that first impression going, turning it into a lasting impression. So if you guys want to benefit from that extra confidence, Blue Chew is the way. Special deal for everybody listening. Blue Chew is free when you use promo code JD. It's capital J, capital D at checkout. Just $5 shipping and handling is all you guys are going to take care of. I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the show right here on OTS. As always, a great member of the OTS family. And guys, Luchorillas, get your t-shirt tonight. This weekend is the last. You can get that exclusive limited timed merchandise. Everybody that has purchased and everybody that will purchase this weekend will be entered into a raffle to go get a signed t-shirt. You're going to win a signed t-shirt from Pentagon Jr. of the Lucha Brothers. Awesome. It's luchorillas.com. Type OTS or off the script in the search box and you guys are on your way. Super Chats. Not today, Jay with a 499. Glad Tegan's back, but Papa H has got to stop with returning the people that were let go like this. At least build them up a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. SmackDown felt like a bargain basement show. I wouldn't go that far. Now, Impact is a bargain basement show, not SmackDown. Tyler with a 199. You would think the crowd is at a funeral. Yeah, they were uh, they were quiet for most of the night. I don't know what their problem was, bro. I don't know what their problem was at all. Colin Hutton with a $20 super chat. I'm glad Tegan Knox is back. I like her new look. However, her return didn't garner a pop from the fans. Casual fans don't know who she is. Why couldn't WWE make more coming soon vignettes for new talent? Build anticipation. I don't know. I don't know. They're going to take an ice cold wrestler and mix them up with an ice cold group in damage control. Doesn't make any sense to me. Ryan Heisler with a $10 super chat. Hey, brother. I'm running a 5K tomorrow morning at the Atlanta Braves training stadium. We got a medal after the race. Or we get a medal after the race. That medal is for you, man. Thank you for everything. By the way, check out WrestleQuest. Ryan, I saw WrestleQuest. I may actually pick that shit up, bro. That shit looked really fucking cool. And, uh... 
Listen, man, you're going to run a 5K, man. You, you hold on to that, bro. Hopefully you get that medal. But I appreciate the gesture, man. Thank you so much. Joseph Taylor with a $3 super chat. Santos Escobar versus Ricochet. Five-star match. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. Five stars? Four and a half. Four and a half. Jaden Gilliam with a 199. Going to SmackDown and meeting Cross and Scarlet was great. I heard Cross and Scarlet are fantastic human beings, bro. The Script Keeper with a 16-month VIP membership. And then a $5 Super Chat. He says, hey, JD, I tried to send a message with my Milestone membership, but it wouldn't go through. That's okay. You're still my tribal chief. Script Keeper, thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Koshik Sai Kumar for the new membership. I'm going to call you KS because I think you got some cool initials, man. KS, thank you for the new membership, brother. What the fuck are you drinking tonight to celebrate? Welcome, KS, into the VIP room. Joseph Taylor with a $3 super chat. Santos Escobar. I just read that. Thank you, Joseph. Four and a half. Uh, Matt, the PW fan, once again, thank you, brother, for the $100 Super Chat. First off, congratulations on Patrick Palmer winning the PlayStation 5 sweepstakes. Then Patrick Palmer gave it to Rage. I was wondering if you plan on streaming the new Kalisto Protocol or even Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII on your other channel. Yes. I believe so. Not today, Jay, with a $9.99. Also, I believe that Papa H is expecting the people in the arena to be fans that are online and have Twitter fingers that we're up in arms when Vince fired all of his Papa H people. Now, you can't think that way, bro. NXT's audience is much different than the main roster audience. It could work out if they were treated the right way the first fucking time. Diesel, 32.90 with a five-month VIP membership. Now these days aren't enough Fans like us to get someone like Tegan Knox over the way Triple H wants. Not without effort, you disgust. Yes. Not today, Jay, with a 499. I like what Spirit Enigma said. He said Triple H needs to understand he's putting shows, he's putting on shows, he's not putting on shows in front of hardcore audiences. I 100% agree with him, JD. true the execution in these shows works the way he's handling the talent and sending them out there this isn't nxt everybody's not going to be over if you sent tegan if you did what you did with tegan knox tonight at full sale she would have been the biggest fucking thing in, in the entire building but you do this same thing in this front in front of this crowd on the main roster nobody knows who the fuck she is they're different audiences he's got to get that through his head i don't think they understand and you can't tell them because they think they're right and they're never wrong. Mickey McClendon with a new membership. Mickey, what are you drinking, brother, to celebrate? Thank you, man. Hollywood guy with a $5 super chat. I'm going to violently sob when the bloodline betrays Sami Zayn. I don't know if I'll violently sob, but I will definitely uh, tear up, bro. For sure. No doubt about it. 
Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Only one thing good about Lacey Evans is she's hot. I forgot to talk about Lacey Evans. And you know what? I'm not even going to. WWE aired another vignette return for Lacey Evans as if they didn't fucking fail the last three times. You'd think they'd get it through their fucking skulls that she's a failure. How many times must we go and make the same mistake over and over and over and over again before we understand that it's not going to work? Cut your losses. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gave a shit when she was the Southern Belle. Nobody gave a shit when she was back in a baby face. Nobody gave a shit when she turned heel. And now... We're going back to the basics. What the fuck are the basics? We're going back to the beginning. The beginning was the Southern Belle, but she wants to be the fucking reincarnated Sergeant Slaughter. It's not going to work out. I'm sorry. Time to move on. Matt, the PW fan with a $5 super chat. Correction, looks like I got it wrong. He gave it to Rage. She actually won it. Yes, thank you, Matt, the PW fan. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Thank you, brother. Uh, Sylvian. Sylvian. Furry Gaming with a $5 super chat. I think pitch black matches may be similar to blindfold match with Rick Martel and Jake Roberts. Maybe. Maybe. Rage with 26 months in the VIP club. 26 months. Shout out to Jesse for the PS5 and Ronda Rousey. the best women's wrestler in this generation. She's the best women's wrestler this generation has ever seen, and people don't see that. Come on now. Come on now. Somebody flag her, please. Jamarcus Shaw with a 499. What's good, JD? Hope everything is good. How was SmackDown? I missed it because I'm at work. I don't know, Jamarcus. You're going to have to watch the review, bro. The script keeper with a $5 super chat. Thank you, script keeper. Uh, Hey, JD, what do you think of William Regal? Going back to the WWE, what will he do back in the WWE? I have no fucking idea, bro. He will be the right-hand man of Triple H. That's all I know. Pretty confident in that. Where he goes, I don't know. I don't know. Guys, we had a great, we had a great show, man. Just coming, on, coming in under two hours. Excellent stuff. Good shit. I may have an extra at some point tomorrow. I'm not really sure when. Maybe later in the afternoon. I got some stuff to do in the morning. I'll be back in the afternoon, and then uh, we'll do an extra, and then we'll be live on Saturday. Not Saturday. Sunday. We'll be live on Sunday for episode 455, I believe. Let me double check. We're going to be live with episode... Let me see. Where where am I going here, bro? We're going to be live, yeah, 455. We'll be live with 455, man. On Sunday night, lots to talk about. 
I appreciate you guys very much for stopping by. Please make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up, man. Helps me out. Helps you out. 725 likes, man. If we get... All I need is 275 likes. I know there's 275 people in here that haven't hit the fucking thumbs up. So if you haven't hit the thumbs up and you are still here... Yo, Jesse, why don't you get these fucking people to hit the thumbs up, bro? What the fuck am I paying you for, bro? Huh? Giving away fucking PlayStation 5s, man. You should give me a fucking PlayStation 5. 90% of your audience is my audience. Fucking guy, man. Ridiculous. Anyway, hit that thumbs up, guys. Uh, make sure you guys check out all the other videos on the channel. All your support is appreciated. We're about to 139,000 subscribers. I appreciate you guys on that too, man. It's been quite the ride. Man, I'd love to get 140 before we close out the year. That would be fantastic. And make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And make sure you guys follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Guys, I'm getting out of here, man. I'll be having content for you, so keep an eye and an ear on the channel. But until I see you next, I need those ace emojis in the chat. I need those guitar emojis in the chat. I need those rock-on emojis, Mustang emojis in the chat. And I need that music on max. I will see you guys tomorrow and then live back in the venue on Sunday for a very big OTS 455. I'll see you guys later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.